We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among these in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years, they give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Sorry, I, uh, I was just sending a tweet. Send tweet. Just can't, you know, I had to do a little promotion for the show, and I waited a little, maybe a little longer than I should have to send tweet. But good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday, 1101 uh, on your weekend. And, of course, uh, thanks for letting me be a part of your weekend on the beautiful Saturday morning. Heading into another beautiful weekend here of elite summer months in western New York. Um... I've got a great show on tap for you, as I typically do on these beautiful Saturdays. Um, just to give you a quick little rundown of what we got going on today, 11.30, my man Jeff Lloyd. Uh, if you don't follow Jeff on Twitter, he's, uh, he's, a worthwhile, uh, he's a worthwhile follow, one of, my, one of my favorite guys. He's the host of Lockdown Browns. Uh, he's going to join us at 11.30. We're going to talk a little bit about the Brownies. We're going to talk some Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, um, and some of their other first-round picks over the last few years, which I just named quite a few. So we'll talk about the Browns. I'm, I'm, you know, we, we had Pete Smith of SI on a couple of weeks ago. But I'm, you know, I, I generally speaking, I think the Browns are maybe one of the most interesting teams in all of football. So bringing him on, talking some more Browns, that'll be fun. That's at 11:30 at noon. Teron Davenport of ESPN, he's going to join us. He was on earlier in the week as well, I believe, on the morning show. But we're gonna ha- we're gonna talk a little bit more of Julio, a little more Ryan Tannehill, um, and some of that, uh, some of the question marks on the Titans' defense. So Teron will join us at noon to talk some ball. Zach Hicks of SI, uh, he covers the Colts, and of course he's over at Cover one as well. We'll talk a little bit of Colts today, another interesting AFC team. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, obviously the offseason trade from Philadelphia to Indianapolis to, to repair with his uh, his old offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, from the Super Bowl run in Philadelphia. So we'll talk to Zach a little bit about the outlook for Indy. And then up at 1 p.m., uh, Jeff Risden, he covers the uh, Detroit Lions for the Lions Wire. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk a little Detroit Lions today. I, you know, obviously an NFC North team, don't hear a lot about them. Bills, um, you know, don't generally play the Lions in the regular season, but I find them to be highly fascinating with uh, this Dan Campbell character. Should they name the preseason game they always play against the Lions? 
Should they call it? Like is the, that happening this year? I, yeah, they're the fir- first preseason game this season is against the Lions. They should should they call it like the Ralph Wilson Classic? The, I you know I, I think naming it is appropriate. It's a, I, I, I mean think they could name it. It's a cool thing. I'm like it's 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 trivial. But I do kind of think it's cool that they always play the Lions in the preseason, and it was always because of you know it was always because of Ralph. I think when Ralph was still alive because he's lived in Detroit, right? So it's just they, that's just and them in the Ford family, right? Yeah, and they still do it, and I think that's just kind of like the Bills in Detroit. They just always play. It's Great Lakes connection, um, cities with a lot in common. Um, it's just a cool thing, I think, and just what, there's nothing wrong with football making that a thing. Because it's the preseason, it doesn't matter, and they could turn it into charity type stuff. Yeah. They could highlight like all the charitable endeavors that a lot of the players are doing. There's an opportunity here for the NFL to do some good with this game. Huh. Look, a guy can dream. <laughs> good, good, good on you, Corey. And listen, if they like the idea, I'm available for hire. Good, I'm just saying, good on you for not being beaten down by the machine. I really, uh, I, I, I appreciate your optimism. In you want to give me a job in marketing, NFL? Pay me half as much as the commissioner. That's all I'm asking. I'm not even asking for his salary. I just want half. Just want half. Just half. I'll show up once or twice a week. And that is totally fair. And you'll get these kinds of ideas. You'll get get hashtag takes. That's correct. If nothing else. Absolutely. So, um, as you can tell, by the way, I'm a little uh, stuffy and nasally today. My allergies are... Buddy. Bad. The the cottonwood in this town. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely lethal. When is it over? It's soon. Like is it? We have a cottonwood tree like very close behind our house. So I, I love the environment. That 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 thing would be getting cut down. But like you can see like the cores of those you know that cotton flying through the air are actually falling off the tree at this point. Thank so God. I, we're probably a week away from this being done. What's killing us is that there isn't any rain. None. Real dad hours here. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Dads <laughs> get on the line. But like it's the rain that takes the pollen out of the air. Yeah. So, like, without that rain, like, it's just all floating and it's just all going inside of your sinuses and then Dude, you, then you I, want to die. Uh, I, uh, in my golf club, Lancaster, in Lancaster, the, the town of Lancaster, the golf course the other day, first of all, it looked like it was snowing. Yep. And then there was, I, I kid you not, an inch of that stuff on the grass. I was losing balls, golf balls in plain sight. How is it? That we are just not covered everywhere in cottonwood trees. Like, they're just growing everywhere. With all, all the seeds spreading out across the area. Right. How is it that it's just not everything is a cotton Like, cottonwood trees growing out of the middle of the street. Like, how yeah. is that not possible? I Listen, I, I as soon as... I, I, I sincerely hope that doesn't make sense. I'll have to move away from here. I am hurting. And, like, I ran out of my my nasal medication. Oh, and I just no. haven't gotten more because, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a sucker for... For, for pain or something, but I've got these these great antihistamine eye drops that, from time to time, at least keep me on an even flow. But, mm-hmm. like, dude, the nose, it's just been – I mean, this morning, before I got here, I kid you not, I probably had between 30 and 35 singular sneezes in a row. It's brutal. And you can tell it's a different sneeze. <laughs> yes. Like, it's just like, it's, oh, it's no- a, it I is, sneezed, but nothing happened. And, and it's out of necessity. Your body is rejecting something. Correct. And it's certainly not, it's just not a great situation for me right now. No. No, it's terrible. It sucks. What? Who would have thought that being on planet Earth was terrible? Uh, and all, and regardless of the season. Right. Yeah. Like, War of the Worlds is... A great book because the aliens come to Earth and what kills them? Like they just get sick. And they die. get sick. And they just get sick. That's it. They get like the flu. Yeah. 
And that's just like, yeah, that, that's totally, we're going to go to Mars and some dingus is going to open his helmet and that, that he's just going to die from pollen. Yep, from pollen. Yeah, we're going to go out into the plant, some be Star dingus. Trek, we're all going to beam down <laughs> and everybody's going to just be like, I think I got to sneeze and they're going to sneeze once and their brain will explode. This, um, these are the sort of hard-hitting topics that you can expect from the show every Saturday when, uh, when Corey and I get on the airwaves. Um, pollen. It's, that's nature's real, uh, real weapon of mass destruction. Phone lines open. They, they are open. Dads, let us know. Absolutely. Are you mowing the lawn today? <laughs> By the way, this is another thing. So I am moving. Um, and one of the things, that, and you know, listen, my, my, my dad follows me on Twitter. And so sometimes I need to be careful about the things I say, like, I, I'm excited to mow the lawn. And my dad was like, oh, like, remember when you were a kid? <laughs> dad, and dad, like, major dad alert. Like, and he was like, hey, remember, like. The 15 years that, you know, you lived under my roof and refused to mow the lawn. I was right. like, well, different times. It wasn't my lawn. I didn't take care of it like it was my lawn. I am now moving into a part of the city that I will have a lawn. Uh, and my landlord uh, knocked a couple of bucks off my rent uh, if if I was willing to to cut the lawn, uh, you know, every week or so, every two weeks. I was like, yeah, buddy. Like, you don't even have to give me a knock. I'm, I'm like, I'll do it for fun. Like, I kind of, I like the idea of going to buy a pair of don't, Nike Air Marks. Don't say, that. Uh, Air, don't say that to a landlord. Well, I, of course I didn't. But, you know, I said it in my mind. Okay. Um, you know, I'm like, you know, I... I I can go finally go buy my first pair of Nike Air Mon Monarchs. Correct. Um, or maybe I could ask Howard if White. I can borrow one. Well, so because they turn green. So they green. can turn green. Got to be green in the Got to be green. Um, so I'm excited about uh, the fact that I'll be, you know, out mowing the lawn. Except for the fact that I may need to wear a mask. And not because I'm worried about COVID exposure, but because I literally don't think the pollen. I think I'm allergic to grass. I think I'm allergic to a bunch of stuff. And here's the thing. I've had cancer. I've had like multiple things. I go and like get those terrible uh, CT scans with the the crap, the iodine that they put in sure. you. And like I'm used to needles going in my like that. All of that is easy for me. When I go, I'm like, oh, another IV. No, no worries. There is something about going to get stabbed like 15 times or whatever, how many times with actual allergens to see if your body reacts poorly to them. Ugh. There's something about that that I would rather suffer <laughs> than go get that test done. Yeah, let's find um, out if this sucks. And let's there's small this sucks. needles. It's like, you know, I, I, there's no reason for me to fear going to get right. tested to find out what is ruining my life. <laughs> and I refuse to do it because there's just something about, and like I'll watch, one of my buddies recently did it, put it on Instagram, did the grid on his arm. Yeah. And his whole arm <laughs> is all red. That's bad news. And I'm like, <laughs> He's, yeah. That's a lot of bad news. I'm like, I'll just go suffer instead. <laughs> Like, uh, and here's the other thing. So they tell me, hey, Nate, you're allergic to grass. Well, what now? I got terrible news, buddy. About, what now? About how we have structured the suburbs. Yeah, right. <laughs> terrible like, news. What now? If I'm allergic to grass, other than now knowing it without a reasonable doubt, what am I to do if I'm allergic to grass? I, I think what you have to do is you just have to move to the moon. I mean, it's probably what you got to do. It's the only, listen, I, I just, that's the thing about, you know, all my friends like, or, and my girlfriends are the same thing. Just go, go get tested and at least, at least know what it is you're allergic right. of. So that way, like, you don't have to like avoid it, but then you know, if you hit a ball into the long grass, ah, that ball's gone. I'm just going to take a drop over here because I'm not going to go walk through the grass and get my, and get all itchy. I mean, there's over-the-counter daily daily stuff right. you can take sure. for allergies. I have allergies. I'm deadly allergic to cottonwood, and the over-the-counter stuff generally helps me and helps me survive. Even though when it's at this peak level, it just like, really there's nothing. I don't go help. out. I just yeah. don't go outside because yeah. I know it's going to kill me. Yeah. But like, man alive, I don't. 
I don't want any of that, dude. Smoke. I've taken I've taken precautionary measures. I I went out and I got like a little bit of like wax, like that you would like wax your arm hair with, to rip out the nose hairs oh, in my nose, just so that it doesn't. It would stay. stop tickling. Yeah, just so it stops. I'm, so tired mm -hmm. of walking and being like, oh, my nose tickles. Walking around in like a fighter pilot's helmet so with the instead, oxygen mask. Instead of going to get tested, I ripped my nose hairs out. Yeah. What is this world that I live <laughs> it's, it's in? It's pretty great. Human, hum, we're such a great species. Like we have evolved to like use thumbs to walk on two legs to do all, be able to manipulate tools, do all sorts of kind of things. And then like what kills a grass. little piece of pollen brings me, pollen brings me to my damn knees. Absolutely merciless. Oh my god, it's pretty cool. Life's pretty cool. Listen, in adulthood, the last thing I thought I was I was so unprepared for adulthood that at some point just prior to thirty years old, I would be voluntarily ripping nose hairs from my head. I mean, it's probably because we have designed the grass to be the way it is, right? This is mm -hmm. not natural grass no. that you find out in the hinterlands. This is just what we grow so that it grows in the suburbs. So it's frustrating. Just, just like all the food that we modify to be good for us, but then we eat it and our we, now we can't have gluten ever. Yeah, ever. Like so, can't all have the, gluten. No peanuts. Peanuts are gone. Right. All these kinds of, of things that we kind of try to adapt so that we can mass produce it, and then we find out that oh well, there's some consequences to this, but it won't kill us, so I guess we'll get by. But it does make life like worse. It makes it makes it notably worse. Yeah. And you know, listen. At the end of the day. This is third world props. I mean, let's be real. Uh, but at the same time, man, I I am not in a I am not in a fun place whatsoever. But it's short. It's short lived. The cottonwood's going to be right. done in a week, and it, we're like we're really heading into some glory days here in terms of the weather. Um, it's going to be like what, like eighties and sunny with some showers off and on going forward here. Like we're really. Getting into the teeth of it with summer vibes. It's going to be looking good. Outside. I love summer vibes. So, you know, I'll never, I, I can't complain too much about the vibes, even though I, my nose is in a terrible place and I sound like I'm a sickly old man. But um, regardless, uh, this is this is a good transition point to move away from all of the things that I hate about the world um, and moving into something that I think is a really interesting topic that uh, I saw one of the local podcasters over at Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Fanatics, um, Nap Nose Buffalo, it's his podcast, and they tweeted out something that I thought was really interesting. And it, uh, I went out to, uh, okay. So now that I'm an Elmwood Village guy, oh, uh, well, almost. I'm, I'm still I'm still theater district guy until the end of the month, and then I become Elmwood Village guy, which sure. I'm very much looking forward to. I was on a porch last night. Look at this. Uh, I was eating chicken wing dip uh, in at and playing loud Lou Bega. No, we we that happened last night. By oh. the way. Can and nobody and nobody told us to turn the music down. It was like 1 a.m. We're blasting Lou Bega, a whole album of Lou Bega, not just Mambo Number Five. You're, you're getting into Mambo album. Number Six, Seven, and I did not know that they went past Number Five. Correct, and they do. Yes, there and are multiple friend, Mambos. My friend's fiance knows all of the words to all the Mambos, and I said to myself, first of all, I assumed it stopped at Mambo Number Five. I had no idea that it, it kept going. Time out. Your fiance knows the words not just to Mambo Number Five. No, not my fiance. My friend's fiance. But okay, so this is like finding out like Julia Child worked for the CIA. I, I was literally blown away. I'm sitting back. What I can't. I'm not listening to Lou Bega. I'm listening to her right. recite every single word. Did she bring the Lou Bega CD? And, and let me tell you, it was a CD, by the way. Correct. It was not in digital no, format. No, it ain't digital. It, ain't it was it. not in digital format. It was a CD. Correct. So I'm, I'm glad that you recognize that. Um, but this 
sort of this conversation came up. I went to Essex Street Pub, by okay. the way. Great little joint. Yeah, right down um, on Lexington. Right down on Lexington. I've never been. Uh, it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed my time there. Played a little billiards. Uh, and I was talking with one of my buddies. We we This tweet came up uh, because we weren't talking about Josh Allen. I was like, we're talking about the Bills. We were talking about, like, yeah, what are they going to do this year? Oh, man, uh, like this Russo kid. We're, you know, kind of... I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is funny. We're talking about the Bills, and this tweet I saw today, I think, perfectly encapsulates the conversation right now. We're talking about the Bills. I'm not even talking about the quarterback. Yeah, Alan, Josh Allen. Allen's assumed to He's be good. He's assumed now. Yep. And, uh, uh, like, the quote from, from the tweet is, you know... There's a reason we haven't talked about Josh Allen this offseason. He's literally the least of all of our concerns. Other than, you know, potentially not getting vaccinated and getting COVID and ruining the entire <laughs> well, season. But, but he's not alone in that. Right. No, he's not. Um, but it's fascinating to me um, that you would think – does, does, this, does this exist in Kansas City? Does this exist in the inverse in New England? It's been, right? it's been since Kelly – because when even, you have a quarterback, is that right that you just you just you don't talk about it? Is that right now? Well, think about it. Right? I just I've never had it in my lifetime. It's true. Like because the last t- when Kelly left, we were arguing about Johnson and Flutie. Mm-hmm. So even when the Bills were still relatively good, we were still arguing about, about the quarterback. a quarterback. So this is the first time for a generation of football where we no longer feel that it's important to right. argue about where we're going in that department. So. I don't the real I don't know I don't know what the right answer is I mean I would think like why talk about it if we think it's fine so that's cool uh, I'm still interested in you know the science of Allen of like understanding how he got there but yeah. like to me like going into next season no I'm not it's more about like is he still going to be him and other than that I want to uh, yeah it's talking about other people. It's talking about like is the defense going to be any good? Right. There, the defense right. is in a is borderline in a transition area. They've got a bunch of old guys on their team that they're probably getting their last years out of. Um, at the defensive line position, there's question marks about what they're going to do with uh, Tremont Emmons. Uh, who like this might we might be looking at the window closing in the safety department. Yep. Which has been their strength for a long time. It it it's funny though that usually my thought and this was always sort of my thought if the Bills ever got to the point where they got this franchise quarterback, right? Um, I I just assumed that it would be all we wanted to talk about at all times. And I'm not saying, I'm not like slighting people. I'm not saying, hey, people, why aren't you talking about this? It's just, it's a fascinating development in the era of this franchise where you're talking about the good things that are happening. And hey, it's great thinking about how this team probably has one of the most, if not currently, one of the most respected general managers and front offices in all the league. They're getting people, people are being promoted from this organization's front office into higher level jobs in other organizations, right? They have sought after people. The Bills are, I I saw... It was Brandon Bean went to Barbell the other day. He sat down with Thomas Dimitrov, the former GM of Atlanta. I, and the first thing I wonder is, wow, is he going to get Thomas Dimitrov to come and take an assistant GM or like some kind of like backdoor seat front office job? Because like those are the things you assume that really good people want to latch onto this organization. So I'll say like the GM is a story, the head coach is a story. 
the competition of running backs a story. Tight end. What are they doing at tight end? Uh, Ed Oliver, Starla Tulele, uh, the rookies, Basham and Rousseau. Ooh, uh, is uh, Spencer Brown, is he going to, you know, fight for a job this year? Is Darrell Williams in trouble? Um, like, you mentioned it, the safety situation. Are they getting old? Like, there are just cornerback two. Uh, Taron John, like, there is just a, a laundry list of things we get to before we say, oh, yeah, like, Corbett's pretty good. Like he's really good, and I just think it's 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 fascinating to me that the conversation isn't wow franchise quarterback. Every time I get the opportunity to talk about it, I'm gonna talk about it. It's almost like it is the one given right now that he is just elite. He's the franchise quarterback. He's gonna be in the MVP conversation every year, and eventually the conversation is gonna turn to is he as good as Patrick Mahomes? Is he as good as Aaron Rodgers? Or is he as good as Russell Wilson? These these predominantly and these long term franchise quarterbacks that they're the, that they're the peak of the game and. If Josh Allen truly is in that conversation, the conversations really aren't being had here. And I think it's just, it's such an interesting way, in, in this case, I mean, I'm talking about it, but, you know, you're out at the bar with your buddies and you just, you're not talking about Allen? It's just a weird thing to me, man. It's just weird. I And because, I mean, your point about the Flutie and Rob Johnson thing, like, that was so divisive. Um, and I'm I'm a young sports fan when that is in the midst of that. But that was divisive. Like, that forced you. It was almost like present-day politics. If you are Team Flutie and you're a Team Rob Johnson guy, well, get the hell out of my day. Get, get the hell out of my home. It was a thing. Like, it was tribal. And, you know, not that not that these conversations have to be based around who you like, or a competition. In years past, the conversation is, is this year Allen takes the step? Are we going to, is Allen the guy? Is he going to get one more year? Uh, should the Bills consider drafting another quarterback? Um, all these conversations, there are so many talking points when your quarterback isn't good, and there just stops being a lot of talking points when they are good, and they are the elite of the elite, and they are Tom Brady. And I just wonder... What is the conversation like now in New England when you don't have that, you know, safety blanket of Tom Brady just being there and and being the one consistent thing in your sports fandom life was Tom Brady? Are we entering and and I think the conversations I think it's okay to ask, you know, are are Bills fans entering an era of comfort? And are they entering an era of feeling so confident about the guy that's playing quarterback that you just don't have to bring it up? You don't have to talk about it. You are so confident about it. It's like being confident about your driving. You're such a good putter in golf. You never have to talk about it because you know you're going to go out and you're going to you're going to hit a couple of 10, 15 footers around. And all your friends when you're playing are like, oh, I'm a disaster when I get to the green. You're like, yeah, I'm not. There's nothing to talk about. It's just. It's a fascinating time to be a Bills fan, and more th- more than ever, it just it feels it feels weird that it's not something that we want to talk about more. Let's go to the phones since we got some phone calls on this. Let's go to Mike in Hamburg, who's uh, who's on with Sports Talk Saturday here. Mike, you want to talk about Josh Allen? What do you got, man? 
Oh, of course I do. I completely agree with your point, uh, and thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the most exciting time in my life as, you know, like a 25-year-old Bills fan. I can finally sit there and talk to my friends that are fans of other teams and say, like, we got a guy. And I'm not even kidding. Last week we were sitting around fire, and I was like, dude, you got right there with Mahomes. And, the, and all my friends were like, come on, no way, no way. And I'm like, think about it. Third in MVP voting last year. We're adding an extra game. Like, he's the guy. He can make all the throws. He's smart with the ball. Like, he's gotten better every single year. And then I think when you pair that with what Bean has done, like, the roster's in the best, in the best shape it's been in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, it's awesome. It is, man. And it's, it's funny, too, Mike, because you're, you're – the conversations you're having around the fire, right, are some of, like, the ones where, like you're saying, right, like, it's going on, hey, uh, Josh Allen's just as good as Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's like, oh, that's kind of a hot take, man. And you're like, I don't know if it is a hot take. Yeah. I'm like, it's not a hot take. No, I, I, I hear you, man. It's accurate. I, no, I, listen, I'm, and, I'm, and I think that's the fun part of the conversation. Thanks for the call, Mike. Um, and it's the fun part of the conversation is – in years past, saying something like, hey, uh, your, the Bills quarterback is just as good as the guy that literally every single team, every single football fan says, yeah, that guy's the best. And he's in the conversation. Let's grab another phone call. Let's go to Frank in Williamsville. Frank, you're on Sports Talk Saturday. What's going on, man? Yeah, so here's what I – I think that Allen has, has elevated himself into the realm of like a, a, a 90s Bills where you're not allowed to say anything bad about this guy. It's almost <laughs> like reverse jump the shark, right? Right. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love Allen. I think he's the guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't train for anybody. But based on his, his results so far, is he, does he really deserve that? Look at the playoffs this year. Did he light it up in the playoffs? Or, or did the Bills win with him, not – you know what I'm saying? Sure, no, I, of him. You know I, what I'm saying? I think it's totally fair, Frank. And and I think, you know, maybe more these questions maybe don't get asked because the bar was at a certain point, sure. and there's no doubt that Allen exceeded that bar. But with success, Frank, I think, and this is maybe the point you're going to make here, with success, with that bar being raised now, yeah. is the expectation for Josh Allen this this season is going right. to be AFC championship game or kind of bust, and you need to play better, and you need to be the reason your team is winning those games in the playoffs. You're right. I don't really particularly think Allen was the reason they beat the Ravens. I think it was the Taron Johnson play that beat mm-hmm. the Ravens. Yeah, I think... More so than not, I I think he made a couple of plays at the end of that Indianapolis game that would make me say, okay, Allen might have been the reason for that. But I also think he was part of the reason they lost in that right. AFC Championship game. But I think you, you're, you're broaching a point that I find really interesting, which is when the bar does get raised, and let's say we get to a point where, what if we get to a point, Frank, with Josh Allen like everyone in Cincinnati got with Andy Dalton? The first year Andy Dalton in Cincinnati made the playoffs, it was like, wow, we've got a franchise quarterback. Right. And then... After six years of losing in the wild card yeah. round, it became we need to move on. We need to find someone who could get us to the next step. And I wonder if the bar was so low for so long, Frank, well, that the first sense of success has maybe overinflated our confidence about what the player is currently. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if uh, they went thirteen and three, right? I mean, it's yeah. a little bit better than Cincinnati, but um, sure, what sure. I, what I want to see, I want to see Allen play a game where he's not, where he's, um, let's say, let's put it this way, he's. Uh, um, not afraid and not, or confused. Let's say confused. Okay, I want to see that out of him completely because he still he still has a, a, a potential. Sometimes, like they like, said, like, like the Colts game, for yep. example. I, I think the AFC Championship game. He, and absolutely, he seems to just to, to, to not 
just get it. And that's going to come with experience, I'm sure, and I really hope, because I love the guy, like I said. But um, he, he still hasn't shown that he can get out there in total control, um, you know, like the, like the guys you're talking about, like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Them, you know? Frank, you know. But it's okay. It's only his fourth year. Right. No, 100%. And thank you for the call, because I think this is an important point. And, you know, I think maybe if you were on Twitter, Frank, trying to make this point, you'd probably get somebody, like 500 people on random bills, one two seven nine five would tweet at you and say something like, "You're an idiot, Josh Yield's the best person in the entire planet, and there's nothing he could do wrong." And Frank, I think, is bringing something to the conversation, saying, "You know, at the end of the day, and listen, I've made this point too." The experience that Josh Allen gained last year, getting to the AFC Championship game, I thought that he played very well at times in that Indianapolis game. But I think he got that experience the year prior in that Houston playoff game of getting there and failing, and then the next year. He got over the mark that he got over the, the year prior. Now the question is, can Josh Allen get past the AFC Championship game? Can he beat Patrick Mahomes? Can he beat one of these perennial quarterbacks that we're trying Just to compare him to? Listen to us. Like, we're saying, like, can the Bills quarterback beat the best quarterback in the NFL in probably a generation since the guy he lost to in the Super Bowl right. last year? Right. So, and, like, to think that the that's plausible, right? To yeah, everybody yeah. be like... Yeah, you know what? I think the Bills might have will have a shot against Kansas City, but it'll still remain to be seen. Instead of being like laughed off the planet. And, and I, here's the thing, though. I love Frank's point because he sort of brought like the level-headedness to it, right? Which is like, hey, listen, I get it. I love the guy. I think he's going to do great things. He's the franchise, but you know, he's got to do it. He didn't play at an elite level for us to just say yes. We should not worry about this guy at all. We shouldn't talk about him because this is the safest thing we have. You could probably say neither game, n- no playoff games yet has been. Best game. That's right. And if he gets to that point and plays his best game, then I really think we're we're talking about something special. But I listen, I Frank, I loved your point. Uh, I thought you brought a level headedness to the conversation that maybe, you know, not every fan would would bring to it. Excuse me, 803-0550-1888-552-550. This conversation is going to be kind of fluid throughout the rest of the program. I've got Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Browns, coming on next. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield in this light. Are, are, are Browns fans thinking this exact same way that Bills fans are thinking about Josh Allen? We'll talk to Jeff next. It's coming up here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. Stay connected to our shows and get in on the conversation. Follow us on Twitter at WGR 550. Little NFL Films music for our uh, our first guest of the day, which uh, typically we go a little earlier. We'll go guests all afternoon, but uh, I thought the topic I wanted to talk a little bit about this Josh Allen topic, and I think it uh, I think it leads well into our next guest here. And joining me on the West Her Hotline is Jeff Lloyd. Jeff is the host over at Lockdown Browns. You can check out his work uh, there on Lockdown Browns, and he's you could find him on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd two L's. Jeff, uh, good morning, man. Thank you for joining me. It's been a while. Uh, glad to have you on. Uh, I mean, things good, Nate. Uh, you know, always enjoy our conversations. And, you know, as much as, you know, camp is maybe six away, I think for a lot of us, it's just <laughs> a blink of the eye as we just want to get towards what we all think are maybe some promising 2021 NFL seasons. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's it's funny because I think most of us that, 
you know, especially for me that 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 covers the team and does a lot of radio work during the season. You know, these are the like these are the dog days of summer in June and July where you want to take advantage of the time you have before life really uh, gets pretty busy during the season. But at the same time, it's like you you know you're it's football. Everyone's looking to get a little football in them, especially like September football. There's really nothing better. Um, Jeff, my conversation I had this morning was kind of talking about here in Buffalo <clears throat> how interesting the fact is that. Josh Allen really hasn't been a very big topic of discussion because I think for the most part, people here in Buffalo are starting to assume he's just the guy and he's can be talked about in the same light as the Aaron Rodgers and the Lamar Jacksons and, you know, the the Patrick Mahomes of the world. And he's just not really a concern anymore. So Bills fans are talking about other things, about the tight end position, about, you know, are they getting better at pass rush, so on and so forth. What did you, what do you maybe take or what is your feel on how Browns fans are feeling about Baker Mayfield after a, a really good bounce back season um, under a much better play caller in Kevin Stefanski and just an overall better offense that I think maybe highlights his skill set very well. Is that, are, are, are people in, in Cleveland sort of feeling the same way maybe Bills fans are feeling about Josh Allen? I, I think it's, you know, definitely, you know, the feel that is probably, you know, throughout the Browns community. Um, you know, still some national media, you know, they have their issues, be that as it may. Look at what Baker did. And the thing was is they didn't, you know, as well as they succeeded on offense, they were still limited. They really did not have much of a deep passing game. They kind of played within, you know, like within this 15 to 25 yard box, um, which led to, you know, the drafting of Anthony Schwartz. You hope Odell Beckham Jr. coming back changes that. You hope the emergence of a Donovan Peoples-Jones here in year two changes some of that. Uh, you know, Baker was great, but I mean, there were so many tight window throws, mm. you know, due to the fact that they could not challenge defenses vertically. Now you're looking here with, you know, some of the, you know, changes and hopefully, you know, the, you know, the upgrades, of course, Odell and Donovan Peoples-Jones, that you can start to take this to another level, which leads to, you know, simple, you know, passes to the running backs out of the backfield. The tight ends, which was supposed to be a really counted on group in 2020, never succeeded the way they wanted. And part of that was, is there just wasn't that much room to operate. Jarvis Landry, their top receiver last year, his route running tree is very similar to that of a tight end. It was just way too congested, which really showed how well Baker performed. Now where you can open it up, get a lot more easier throws, and you have just some pure speed on the field that defenses have to to account for, it should make just for a lot of bigger opportunities for this offense and maybe even for Baker Mayfield to take yet one more step up you know, in 2021 from his 2022 success, 2020 success. You know, I think it's a great point and maybe one that maybe the common fan might not think about, right? When you have a lot of the same types of skill set at the wide receiver, tight end position out of the backfield and running backs, when everyone's trying to sort of operate under 20 yards, you sort of run out of room. And, and I find that sort of really an interesting concept in this discussion about Baker Mayfield. And l- listen, as a as as someone that really wanted to see the Bills draft Anthony Schwartz, I think that he's a super intriguing piece um, to the puzzle there in Cleveland. And you talked about the tight end room, and I, and I think that's a good transition because you know they have three very different players that can kind of bring different skill sets. And I'm wondering, and in, in, in finally, right, finally in, in getting a year or two with a play caller for Baker Mayfield, are you expecting the tight end room to, especially in a Kevin Stefanski offense, maybe really bring a different element uh, to, to the game? Like, Not a lot of teams are, are really kind of like throwing three tight ends out, the three tight end sets out, 13 personnel. Like That's not really a, a commonplace in the NFL right now. So knowing that, while teams are zigging and maybe the Browns might zag, how confident are you that room maybe takes a big step this year? I think it's, you know, the opportunity is going to be there. 
Um, and the thing is, is, you know, you look at Austin Hooper, he is, you know, a true traditional tight end. A lot of it is done within line. David Njoku, very athletic at the position. Even as much as he improved as a blocker in 2020, you can still split him out. You can do these things as well with Harrison Bryant. That is what he came, you know, the NFL of his calling card. They're still working on their traditional tight end things. But it just creates mismatches. I mean, when you can put guys out who are six foot five, it creates difficulties, you know, for secondaries to match up. Uh, say you do that with one running back on the field, and, you know, say it's, you know, just Odell Beckham Jr., you've got to account for everybody. And I think that is the one thing that the Browns have made a, you know, a, a huge, huge effort with you know, Andrew being here is, Andrew Barry is, being deep at every positional group. So it gives you the opportunity to play whatever personnel package you want, mix them up, you know, and get yourself in a situation where if it's third and short, you know, third and five, you've got receivers who can those type of routes where you're in a position where you're looking to go for a big play. You have more athletic, faster players who can do that. They have such a great mismatch, such a great mixture now of depth at the tight end, at the wide receiver, at the running back position. And it all comes down to Baker. And you just want mm-hmm. Baker to continue to play like he did his rookie year of it doesn't matter who the guy is. I'm throwing the ball to the open guy. As long as he can continue with that, like he did in twenty in, um, last year in twenty twenty, as long as he just throws to the open guy, it makes things easier and it creates great success. You can't get caught up in yes, I have Odell Beckham Jr. I want to try and get him the ball twelve to thirteen times a game. That was one thing that took away from Baker's success. It's simple: hit your plant foot, find the open man, get rid of it. Let's line it up and do it again. Jeff Lloyd here. He's the host of Lockdown Browns, joining me on the Western Hotline, talking about the 2021 outlook for the Cleveland Browns. And Jeff, you and I, we're both sort of in this uncharted territory where um, the teams that we <laughs> like and we follow and we talk about for a living on a daily basis, um, they are not talked about in the same way that they've been talked about for the better part of two and a half three decades. And I'm wondering what those expectations for you and for the fan base, like what does it sort of feel like to go into a season after absolutely romping the Pittsburgh Steelers and sort of getting over that hump, right? Like the Bills needed to get over the, the New England hump. They did it this last year. The, the Browns needed to get over the Steelers hump. I think they did it. Now I think you're looking at a place where the Browns and Bills – I say what you will about the Ravens. And you and I, we could talk about the Ravens after this discussion here, but what are the expectations for the Browns this year? Is it kind of like, you know, division championship or bust here? I think it's division championship. And, and you know, for, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, if you're not thinking about playing, you know, in the AFC championship game, I don't really, you know, know what else you're looking for. I mean, you know, you look at what they did last year and you look at the fact that they did it where they were limited without an offseason. Yes, everybody was, but it was a new regime. You look how over they came, COVID. For God's sakes, they played their playoff game without their head coach. They went yeah, into free agency. Right. They bagged one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, you know, coming off of injuries. They bagged the best safety that was available in free agency. Uh, then they went into the draft, filled in holes. They, you know, actually drafted not only Jeremiah Wusu koromo they also drafted the fields, these hybrid type of players. Because Joe Woods wants to play a lot more defensive backs that maybe he can call linebackers, but he wants them to be as athletic as defensive backs. They've done just so much. The question is going to be, obviously, there's going to be things that are going to have to gel, and it's going to take a little time. There's certainly going to be a better defense week five and six than they were probably week one and two. But it's, it's, it, everything is there. And I look at this team right now, 
And, you know, you see maybe, because always around this time of year, here in early June, there's players that are being cut. And, you know, is he a fit? Is he a fit? I don't think the Browns have eyes on anything else, but probably just getting a Berea, getting a camp, and just yeah. getting this party on the road. If nobody's on board, you know, with high expectations for this team for this season, I, I don't know what you would need to raise your expectation level other than the fact that, like you said, maybe it's, you know, 25 to 30 years of grief. But the time is certainly now. <laughs> yeah, scar tissue. I get it. Trust me, I get it. Um, Jeff, yes. I, I guess the remaining, I think, the question here, and I think you probably agree with me. I mean, I, I'm, I have been a Browns truther for five or so years. I've lost a few bets on the Browns uh, as much as like two years ago. I was like, hey, the Browns might win the division, and people called me crazy, and I lost a little bit of money, and I had to chug some, uh, you know, some wine coolers on a podcast. But otherwise, I've been kind of in the backseat kind of saying, hey, I like how this Browns team's constructed. Um, it's the defense, right? Like, that's the question here is, is Jeremiah Wusu-Karamoa and adding a Jadavian Clowney with whatever he is um, and drafting a, another um, drafting another corner in the first round and adding some pieces in the back end, John Johnson, and, and, and bringing in Troy Hill. like th- Some nice moves this offseason. Is the defense sort of the re- last remaining question of this team? And if, if they take the step with all the pieces they added, is this more than just a divisional winning team? Is this a team that might be and maybe should be considered in the Bills and, and the Chiefs in the AFC? I certainly, I certainly think they should be. You look at what was added. You know, you added the top safety freeze. You added the top nickel corner. You bring Jadavian Clowney in. You also added Attack McKinley. You now have three edge rushers that you know have four or five speed or better. That's just you know, it's it's a little bit unheard of. I mean, it's these guys. You know, all three former first round picks. Um, you know, certainly with McKinley, you're just looking for a place where he wants to be comfortable. The Browns tried every time he was released last year to get him in here. Um, they were always, you know, a little bit down on the waiver wire, weren't able to do it. Clowney, you know, in, the biggest thing is in, you take what comes out of players' mouths. Why did you come here to Damian Clowney? They win. I like what's going on here. I mean, when you hear players say it, they're starting to get it. Um, and I think they're in a really, really strong situation. And look, Baltimore, you know, they, they're tough. There's no doubt about it. But the way the schedule broke for the Browns, which was very advantageous, mm-hmm. where they get the Ravens twice in three weeks with the bye week in between, the Ravens will have had their bye week earlier than that. The Browns can basically just say for three weeks, this is nothing but the Baltimore Ravens. And you understand that they're different and their offenses run differently than almost every other team in the NFL. But it basically allows you to scrap everything else and just focus on what you got to do for three weeks straight to you know, find a way to you know, hopefully obviously beat them once. It'd be great if you could beat them twice, but you know, that would be the calling card as far as getting that AFC North title, getting a playoff game in First Energy Stadium, and putting yourself in a situation. Um, you know, Baltimore, I would think if you want to say top four, you would say Kansas City, Buffalo, Cleveland, and of course you know, the Baltimore Ravens. Tennessee, look, I love the Julio Jones move. I do, don't get me wrong, but you know, Corey Davis had a career year last year, had almost 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. That wide receiving unit was terrible until they picked up Julio Jones. And I'm not saying that Julio Jones isn't better than Corey Davis, but it's almost kind of like they replaced kind of what they lost in Corey Davis, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more. And so I don't know if you know, Tennessee is, you know, that move put Tennessee as high on some rankings as some people want to, um, and their defense still has issues. But I think, yeah, you're probably talking about a four-team dogfight, and I wouldn't be surprised if those were the four remaining teams in the AFC playing for those two spots in the AFC championship game. Um, kind of interesting that, you know, Teams led by quarterbacks from the 2018 draft class. Jeff, um, I don't want I don't I don't want this to come off 
I, I want us to look. I want us to sound good here. Uh, I don't want us to come off cocky, but the Bills face Pittsburgh in Week One. I know how I feel about Pittsburgh this year. I, I I'm expecting the Bills to win that game handily. Um, I have. I don't know. I don't have any respect for that team. And I know that maybe just based on your scar tissue, maybe you just have this this sort of level of like I have to respect them at least at least just a baseline of respect. And then I could where are you with this team? Because I just think I think they might I, I think there's a conversation to be had that if you might be high on the Bengals, you might say that maybe Pittsburgh could be the last team in that division this year. Is that crazy? I don't think Is that crazy? That, I don't think you're that far, I don't think you're that far off, Nate. I don't. Um you look, Ben Roethlisberger, um, Shot. And look in everything Shot. Was, was, Yeah, but last year, yes, everybody last year. Oh, 11 and 0, 11 and 0. Nobody, I mean, that was the softest 11 and 0 we have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of it was, you know, fortunate bounces. Ben Roethlisberger, um you know, him sitting I, I mean, I can't believe he actually is back this year. I mean, everything Me you either. saw of him sitting on that sideline, it was like, I'm done. This, uh, you know, I, I know what I don't have it. I don't have enough anymore. And I don't even know if it's that he doesn't you know, have it for the first eight, nine weeks. I don't think there's any way Ben Roethlisberger could put together 21 weeks if the Steelers were to find a way to be successful to get far in the playoffs. He just doesn't have it in him. The offensive line, they've lost a ton. Didn't really, I wouldn't say they, you know, they brought guys in. I don't think it's any better than it was. And, you know, as many people said on draft night, oh, yeah, absolutely. When you have offensive line issues, by all means, just draft a running back. That'll fix the fact that your offensive line is not that good. That's not how it works. Yeah. It's just not <laughs> how it works. I mean, you brought Juju Smith-Schuster back. And, you know, I, I guess I kind of – because if you're running in the back with Ben, you know, you at least want right. to bring around – you know, keep the weapons around. You, you've got to make sure – you Bush coming off the injury. You've got to make sure the guy yeah. that runs crossing routes uh, is back. Right. No, I, I hear you. But I mean, you know, and the defensive side of the ball, Devin Bush is coming off the ACL. Yeah, that's uh, right. The secondary, you know, I mean, you're asking for Joe Hayden to, to put together another year now at his age. Uh, I, I just don't see it. And I mean, if you told me, and you know, the first thing that pops in my head is six and ten. We all still got to get used to these difference of you know. But I mean, if you told me seven and ten, six and eleven, I mean, Mike Tomlin's a fantastic coach. I have zero issues about him, and I'm. His mind, he's like, you know what? This kind of might just be a year where we're kind of just stuck in park because I think that maybe we need to go the next route here, you know, behind center. And you look at all these teams and, you know, featuring mobility at the quarterback position, you, you know, and you're stuck here with this rock. And, you know, if the Browns are going to play him, what's he going to do? Miles Garrett breaks containment. Jadamie Connie breaks containment. Tech McKinley breaks containment. He's, he's going to throw he, it into the dirt. I, I just. <laughs> That's... He's going to throw it in the dirt, or or you're going to see very similar to what you saw, you know, in the playoff game where they were all cocky. You know, well, well, we didn't play anybody. You know, we kind of gave this one to Cleveland, and you know, those te- those guys in that Cleveland locker room took it to heart and said, "Oh, really? Is that really what you think? Okay, well, we're going to come in without a head coach. We're not even sure who the head coach is going to be. We're going to start a practice squad guy at cornerback. We're going to come in in your house and we're going to rip your heart out." And basically, that's exactly how it went down. Jeff, I. I think I think you came off looking good in that conversation. So I I don't care if I don't care if people think I'm crazy, but I I just I just do not. You're right. How about this? Where I'll stop is I'll say I think that I think Mike Tomlin's one of the one of the great coaches in the league. So I will I'll give them the respect, and I think Tomlin alone probably earns you five, six, seven wins. But I, I just. 
No Bud Dupree. That's going to force T.J. Watt on an island. Teams are going to be able to tee off on him, double-team him, and they're going to say, who else are you going to beat us with? And uh, you're right about Devin Bush coming back. I think that's a big get. But they just they, they let they let Steven Nelson go, and they just like, eh, we're not going to replace him. Eh, we let uh, Villanueva go. Eh, we're not going to replace him. Eh, uh, um, uh, their center, Pouncey, he's gone. Eh, we won't replace him, but hey, we'll get a running back. We'll get a tight end. We're not going to replace anything in the offensive line, and our, our quarterback who can't move. I don't know. I There are so many storylines across the league, and I think the one that no one is talking about is that Pittsburgh could be bad. And not just bad, but terrible bad. And I I know you and me are going to celebrate. Uh, we will be popping bottles, my friend. If that's a six-win team, you and me are going to pop bottles. I, I just, I don't like Pittsburgh. There's something about them. And there's really no reason that I, I shouldn't. I just, I just don't like them. So, um, anyways, uh, my, my tirade's over. Jeff, thank you so much for hopping on with me, man. This was great. Let's do it again soon. Good luck this season. Enjoy the uh, the upcoming. Enjoy your time off here before the season starts. We'll uh, we'll have you get on uh, on again very soon, my friend. I think I lost Jeff. All right. Well, anyways, I, I didn't I didn't get to say bye to him the way that I wanted to. But Jeff is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and again, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you can follow him at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. And that's on Twitter. He's on Lockdown Browns. Okay, timeout. Got to take two breaks. You know the redheaded stepchild, these last two. Uh, and then at the 12 o'clock hour, Teron Davenport and Zach Hicks, cover one and SI. And, of course, uh, Teron Davenport from ESPN. Coming up next year on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. Listen to WGR Sports Radio 550 at home or at the office. Ask your smart speaker to play WGR 550. All right, Teron Davenport is going to join us in just a moment. Got to take another time out, so stick with us on the other side. ESPN's Teron Davenport giving us an update on Julio Jones, the Titans offense, and what the Titans and the Titans fans are expecting of that team this year. That's up next here on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.